Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I have a very interesting interview with the beautiful Hannah Joy. Hannah is a spirit conduit and an intuitive healing coach who supports intuitive and empathetic souls to navigate their sensitives through spiritual mentorship and activation to find joy, purpose, and fulfillment in their lives. Her mission is to revolutionize the way we look at mental health by having the spiritual and emotional body recognized and considered. And today I'm going to discuss with Hannah all about spirits and past lives. So questions I'm going to ask her are things like, do past lives affect your current life today? And if so, how to overcome past life traumas in your current lifetime. In our past lives, could we be animals or plants or anything other than just humans? We talk about twin flames, your pets and your pets having a past life, meeting people in this lifetime that you knew in your past life, how to develop your own psychic abilities and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, Hannah. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first question of the day, what elevates your soul? Uh, definitely my connection to spirit, like recognizing that I'm more than just like a soul in a physical body. I'm connected to much, much more. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that awesome. would be the major one. Awesome. Can you tell us about yourself and your story? Yeah, uh, I guess I the know main... You, you have quite an interesting story, like my mom has told me a little bits and pieces, but um, when she knew I was interviewing you on the podcast today, she's like, oh, definitely tell her to say her story. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's so many different layers to the story, but um, yeah. the main, I guess, like chapter that comes to mind uh, is well, you my... Can, you can dive into detail because I, I think it's pretty fascinating. I think the listeners will be really interested. <laughs> yeah. If you want. If you want. Uh, yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I mean, like the first component that comes to mind is my mental health journey. And uh, I went through quite a significant spiritual Kundalini awakening at the start of 2009, yeah. um, where a lot of my gifts came online, but I shared them with people that weren't particularly open. Right. Uh, and I ended up being taken to emergency psychiatric. And then I spent five days in a psychiatric facility. Wow. Um, and I was diagnosed with bipolar um, and then kind of started like my journey with being really heavily medicated and feeling like all of my gifts were an illness. And um, wow. yeah. So, so you went to the hospital and they diagnosed you with bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was because you were 
like what was happening at the time with you? Were you seeing spirits or were you receiving messages from the other side? Um, it was quite a combination. Like I, um, so what happened, like I personally feel and know that I have a very strong past life connection to the Middle East. Um, and at that time I'd moved to Christchurch to start university and I met a whole bunch of, um, men from, or young men from Saudi Arabia and had been spending a lot of time with them learning about their spiritual practices. And I feel like that past life connection came online and I started, um, I started channeling like what I now know to be light language. Yeah. Um, but started channeling all these codes and feeling like um, I had like the sensation of having like angel wings on my back and all this kind of stuff. And so you imagine if you share that with someone that's not spiritually like open, yeah. um, they'll definitely think that something's wrong. Yeah, so something's wrong with you. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, And so how did you go from thinking or being told that you were crazy and had a mental disorder and that you were, you know, mentally unstable to realizing that this was your gift? It took me about, I guess, like five or six years from that point in time to really actually start realizing um that it wasn't just me and that it wasn't really madness and that it did exist and I think a big part of it is um this collective spiritual awakening that's going on in the planet at the moment with so many people starting to share their experiences and um I've got a friend that I've been running some mental health circles in Wellington with and he kind of calls it like the spiritual me too movement Mm-hmm. In the sense where you have people going, oh my gosh, like I've had that experience too. And me and me and me. And then you start kind of connecting the dots and going, hold on, something's not right here. <laughs> like, yeah. Or something is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something's or something right. here. Yeah. Condemned. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love yeah. that. And it's also, there's like a movement of people wanting and starting to get in touch with their spiritual side as well. So not only are people realizing like, oh, wow, I, I do have a gift or, you know, there is something greater than me out there. And yeah, people are starting to actually do these practices that is getting them more in touch with themselves and with their spirituality and their intuition. And I guess you could say their sensitive side <laughs> yeah, and picking up on, on different things. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So interesting. Can you tell us um, what exactly a past life is? And if so, how do they affect our lives today in this question? Well, first of all, when I'm talking about past lives, I like to really paint a picture of how um, my spiritual awareness has kind of made me look at the concept of time. Mm -hmm. So often, you know, we look at time as being this linear, straight line thing. Um, Whereas for me, how they've, when I say they, I mean like spirit, (laughs) Um, how they've been communicating it to me and to a lot of other people is that it's more like the shape of a spiral. And so we um, we can have like different, um, different sections or different parts of our soul that are activated in previous lifetimes or other points in time. Right. So 
for example, like what tends to happen if someone has a twin flame connection or a really like significant connection with a soul that they've just met and they don't understand the intensity of it. What I've come to understand is that it can be your soul meeting a soul that you're connected with in another lifetime, like on a, you know, like on a similar kind of wavelength, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. Um, yeah, but I guess, uh, the ways that they can affect us are, someone described it to me really well the other week that it's essentially, um, like the vibration of sound. So if you have like painful experiences or really triggering experiences in past lives, that vibration gets trapped like in your, we call it like your soul body. Right. So instead of like your physical body that you're in now, it's more like the library of your soul. And so it kind of... Is there also such thing as like an emotional body as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've got like your emotional body, your spiritual soul body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And of course the physical. Um, mm. So like that, that trapping causes like a trauma or um, a reaction. And it's one of the main reasons that we have particular like forms of self-sabotage um in these lifetimes but we're not always aware of why we have these really like knee-jerk reactions to things until we go into that library and start to heal them right and when you say Mm. go into that library do you mean like actually for us to get in touch with our past life yes yeah and it does that mean life or lives so like how many lives are we talking about (laughs) Uh, it really depends on like the, the age of the soul and the feeling of the soul. And to me, like I liken it to, if anyone's ever experienced like emotional freedom technique or, or tapping or, um, different forms of hypnosis, like it's, it's best to kind of work on one lifetime or one experience at a time. So as not to kind of overwhelm the healing process. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Cause you can have like quite significant, like bodily reactions to the healing as well. Wow. Wow. And are there, so there are different healers out there to actually help people resolve or yeah, like go over their past lives and go through their past life traumas in this lifetime and help them, you know, I guess elevate their soul or um, grow, grow their spirit more, grow their soul. Um, Yeah. Like what would, so if someone is getting triggered in this lifetime, and it has to do with one of their past lives. Um, like, how exactly does that work? Like, if someone feels right now that they're listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I think there's like this one area or this one person in my life that I knew in a past life. And how do I get over this like trauma and these like intense feelings and emotions or triggering that I'm having in this lifetime? Like, who could you recommend for people who are in New Zealand, for example? Or where Uh, to go, or is there any online websites or? There's, um, there's an amazing woman in New Zealand who I did my training under last year called Chris Wilson. Okay. Um, and in terms of like experience and the way that she's used the tool, um, with her own like personal journey and story, I'd say she's probably like the premier person in New Zealand to reach out to. Um, but each each practitioner has a very particular, unique way that they work with the library. And I think it's about finding someone's energy that really resonates with you. Like some people resonate with like more hypnosis style practices. Um, 
you know, others kind of want to just use like emotional freedom technique or talk therapy. Um, yeah. So I think it's about finding someone that you feel like energetically aligned with as well, but there's lots and lots of people starting to use this tool in New Zealand as it's becoming more widespread and obviously internationally as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, definitely. Mm. I agree. So importantly, it's not only about the type of therapy or practices you want to do, but it's, yeah, connecting with the actual individual and the person. Like it's so important with anything like counseling as well, or when you choose your GP or anything, it's like so important that you actually get along with and vibe with the person who you're, you know, getting healing from or training with or taking advice from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you see like spirits or quote unquote ghosts or people from the other side? Like, do you, is it just, are you receiving messages from spirit itself or are they actually sometimes people and like people who've had a past life, but they're like stuck, you know, on that other side or whatever, or how does that work? Like if someone has, like if someone has a loved one who's passed and they receive messages from a loved one that's passed, how exactly does that work? Like, is that other person stuck on earth or are they reincarnated as another human but their soul is still here their soul is still present like do you know about how that kind of works or your your perspective on that yeah um so first of all like if someone's loved one is communicating um I liken it to how I was describing that like the soul can fraction out into different components for the past lives so there's an element of our soul that always like remains in that, um, I guess like spiritual realm or field or heaven or, you know, however people want to describe it. So when you're connecting to a loved one that isn't necessarily experiencing like distress or still like trapped trauma, yeah, then it's that component of their soul that has ascended that's communicating with you. But there are instances with spirits. I actually um, dealt with one last week with a young boy who was really struggling with a spirit that was in his room um, that have experienced um, traumatic, you know, traumatic incidences on the earth plane and are still kind of trapped and haven't been able to, I guess, release themselves to the light or or ascend. Um, So, yeah. And then in terms of seeing spirit, generally it's out of my third eye. So I'm not like physically seeing something in front of me, but I have like the sensation in my mind of like what's in front of me. I've had a pocket of experiences in this lifetime where I've actually like physically seen something in front of me. Yeah. Great. Um, I love that. Yeah. Mm. I have as well, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Never, never like a person in detail, but kind of um, when I was younger, I was in my bedroom and I was lying down at night and it was, it was kind of that like lighting where the moon's shining in your room. So you can see like the shapes of where your dresser is or like the things that are like lying around your room. You can kind of like see the shadows. And I saw like a mother holding like a little boy's hand in the corner of my room so like I was guessing it was like a mother and son, but I was, I would have been about seven or eight and I just saw them like standing in the corner of my room and I just like called out like mom, someone's in my room and 
And then as well, I saw like a shadow and that was actually moving and that was against a wall as well. And that was just like, it it wasn't um, a blurry shadow though. It was like very, very um, visible to, it would have been a girl maybe not super young, but kind of like teenager or whatever with like long hair and her hair was kind of moving around. I could see the shadows of her hair and stuff as she was walking. So that was interesting, but I, I, I wanted to keep that connection because I've had experiences quite a lot when I was a child of also hearing, like hearing voices, um, which, yeah, that can sound like I'm crazy as well, <laughs> but, um, but directly like not hearing them in my head, like hearing them from another room in the house or like mm-hmm. hearing two people having a conversation and, and sometimes it sounded like even an argument, like two people arguing upstairs when I was downstairs in the house or, you know, things being shuffled around in the house when I was home alone. And I've wanted to keep that connection. But the last time I had an encounter with something like that, I would have been about 12, I think. Um, Mm. I wanted to keep that, but I kind of like lost it, (laughs) I think. Um, I, I still like, I still feel like I have a very strong intuition and I'm very sensitive to energies, but I no longer like see or hear like those direct, really obvious signs that, you know, a spirit's in the room or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so did you have that as a child or is this something that you've only experienced more in your adult life? No, I definitely had it as a child. I was like pretty much like online from the moment that I was born. Okay. Um, and like my, you know, my mom and my aunties say that I used to just babble to things just in the back of the car and just like, I just, I was an only child, but I was not alone. Like <laughs> constantly like talking to people. Yeah. Um, um, and did you, but you didn't see them at the time as, as a kid, it was kind of like that third eye thing you were explaining. So you'd kind of sensed someone was there and is that who you were talking to? As yeah. 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 It was definitely the sense and lots and lots of like the, the clear audience. So being able to hear, um, getting messages. Yeah. That kind of thing. Interesting. Um, When you explained that to your parents when you were younger, what did they say back to you about that? It was definitely really challenging for my mum. Like my mum wasn't particularly like spiritually awake or, you know, interested in in spiritual like topics, but because of having me as a daughter, it kind of um, was like the impetus for her own spiritual journey. So um, she became like more, um, more open to it as I got older, but I think she was also really nervous of um, me being diagnosed or me being looked at as crazy. So she kept me away from doctors pretty much for as long as she possibly could, because I think she knew that that, like the world wasn't really ready for that. (laughs) Um, yeah. Is Is she quite spiritually open now? Definitely. Definitely. She's now like, she's done her own Akashic records training and she's really into meditation and um lots of spiritual stuff but I think it was more like her wanting to protect me yes um and not really knowing how to handle it yeah for sure yeah also um another question about the past lives so do we do you see us like if we're in this lifetime we're a human have we had past lives recently where we've been an animal or is it you know, if, if it's more recent, have we always been just human or have, some, or have some of us been, you know, like a dolphin or a whale or something in our past? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I've definitely tapped into those past lives for people as well. Okay. Um, that's one of like the first ones that I tapped into for myself, like originally, like way, 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 way back when like humans were kind of almost like part like amphibious or reptilian. Like I had this vision of myself and I had like webbed feet. Yeah. Um, so yes, you can definitely be an animal in a past life or even there are people that I've connected with um, that are more galactic. So they have that kind of like um, extraterrestrial type um, vibe as well. <laughs> interesting. And it's, yeah. it's always interesting because you can look at people and some are more obvious than others, but like without being rude, but like sometimes you just see someone and you're like, wow, you look like a turtle or wow, you, <laughs> like, you know, that, that, that vibe of a certain bird or whatever, you know, like you can almost tell with certain people it's, it's more obvious than others. But yes. there's like the odd person and you're just like, wow, you have that you can just see that connection to a certain animal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and would you say that that has to do with their past lives usually? Like, is it, is there then a link or a connection that, 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 that very well could have been that that person was, you know, uh, some type of fish or bird or something in their past life? Or is that not to do with it? Is that more genetics? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely past lives, but also, um, so like as you're talking to me and asking me questions, I'm getting like downloads. So it's kind of like me, but also like my spirit team kind of like yeah. giving you the answer. Coming on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what I was just downloading is um, kind of like uh, we can connect to like the old spiritual communities, like the, you know, the ancient Egyptians and the Mayans and things like that, they were always super, super connected to like the astral and the spiritual realm, but also connected into being able to see things from the perspective of different like animal or spirit animals. Yeah. So it's kind of like aligning yourself with the frequency of the birds and then being able to get insight about like, you know, the planet or what's going on from their perspective. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of half and half in terms of the way that, that we used to travel into the perspective of those animals or parts of the land. Right, that's so mm. awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so animals, do animals then have past lives as well? Like, especially yes. for those of us who own dogs, which is, I'm one of them. I'm very, yeah. you know, he's my baby and I love his, he's very unique and he has his own personality as all dogs do. So they, do they carry on some things as well from their past life? definitely definitely yeah definitely. and and are they like for people who have dogs and their their past lives are they always dogs as well or can they be uh could it be a human or another animal or how does that work could definitely be another animal and quite often if you have like a significant relationship with them then there's a chance that you were both like humans together in some form wow um, and they've come back to be like a, a totem for you or yeah, a guide or yeah. Or a comfort. I think mine yeah. <laughs> more like, you're okay, Arel, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting. And like with a past life as well, like I hear the term twin flame a lot. Does that, does twin flame, does that mean there's only one other or can you have more than one twin, twin flame in one lifetime? You can What's definitely have more than one. Yeah. Definitely more than one. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I resonate with that as well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, um, 
I don't know. It's it's almost like more like just having someone that is like your exact ingredient, like, right. and just matching with someone that has that that same level of like ingredients that you have in your like soul. Watched <laughs> from the same nest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But um, for so a lot of times I hear when you when you hear like, oh, I've I've known you in a past life which I have personally as well, as well. I, I, I know one person um, in this lifetime that I know that I knew in a past life, but it's, it's not always uh, a direct positive thing. It's not like, oh, I knew in a past life you were my husband or you were my you know, child. Can it also be like if two people were at war with each other, you know, could they come see each other in this lifetime and have very, very bad vibes from someone. Definitely, definitely. And there's usually like a lot of clearing and healing going on. Like I know when I did my training with the Akashic Records, um, Chris, the lady that was facilitating, um, has a past life with one of the women in the group who's a friend of hers. Um, and it was their, their last lives where she, she, um, she tuned in that she was um, a Nazi in the war camps and had actually like killed this other person. Um, so there can be a lot going on yeah on the like collective healing perspective and coming into like forgiveness yeah Mm. yeah yeah I think that I think that'll make sense to a lot of people because sometimes and nobody really knows what it is because there's no real way scientifically to find out why when we meet someone or when we first you know make eye contact with someone we've never met how we can just feel deep down certain emotion, whether that's shock or love or warmth or connection or disgust, even, you know, like, why is it that, you know, we have these intense feelings sometimes for people who we don't even really know or have only just met? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, like, when you actually really start tapping into it and realizing that that's why you know, like people who have had a significant relationship with someone and they're just trying to like let go of it and it keeps coming back and back and back. That was me, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And it's often that the karmic lesson or like invitation from spirit actually hasn't been done or cleared. Right, right. There's still a lesson to be learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're an energetic like cord or tie that needs to be like properly healed. For sure. And can that, that can obviously last a lifetime then, right? If you never learn that lesson in this life. Yeah. Yeah. Or lifetimes. Lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And when you, when you learn that lesson or whatever it is that you can learn from this other person in this lifetime, do you then lose that connection? You know, that intensity with that other human being or like, does that dissolve then once the lesson's learned or? I think it depends on the particular lesson and it's more that like the intensity of the feeling will kind of mold or take a different shape. Right. Um, I think the difficulty sometimes with these lessons is, and this is what often happens when I, when I like talk to people about twin flame connections is they want to go through the journey of actually going through like what the souls are wanting to do to evolve past the thing. But the other person is just totally like not on board or not aware. And so it creates this like tension and friction and the other person's still like energetically holding on and you're like, come on, like get with the program. (laughs) Yes, or they're not spiritual and you're like, I knew you in a past lifetime and they're like, you're going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I've definitely experienced that for myself and it's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I can understand as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what advice can you give to others who feel like they are, you know, becoming more and more sensitive on their spiritual journey to these types of things and past lives and also like spirits as well in the present that are, you know, past loves, past loved ones or whatever that are sending them messages. And yeah, for people who are sensing that and maybe don't have that community, like maybe their family is not spiritual at all, or they don't have friends in the spiritual community and they just feel like they're alone or that they might be going crazy? Like what advice could you give for those kind of people? My best advice for that is, I mean, this is the beauty of like the digital world that we're living in now. Even if you don't have a community in your local like environment, finding, finding a group or finding a teacher that you resonate with and just um, you know, looking at different, different videos or different, um, pieces of information, whether it's on YouTube or listening to an audiobook or whatever you resonate with, yeah. and then kind of following the path of the first person that you really align with. Like right. for me, uh, a couple of years ago, I knew that I needed to leave the corporate world and just really like commit to this journey. And I spent about a couple of months kind of watching people from the distance and sort of trying to find someone that I aligned with. And then I found my mentor, Jessica Reed, um, and signed on with her. And she's just introduced me to so many like soul family type relationships through her connections. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I love that. And you found her how then was that online or in person or through a group or it was really weirdly intuitively guided. Like I just got this like clear cognizant like message from spirit one day that was like, go through your mum's mutual friends. Like it was just really weird. And so I just listened and just did it. And I just saw her picture and it was kind of like not in a twin flame sense, but like when you see someone's photo and you just immediately, you just have this knowing, like I'm supposed to connect with this person. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I jumped on her website and immediately I just knew, like, I just had that. It's kind of like your, your body can give you a physical reaction, kind of like muscle testing, but like your body For will sure. literally like jerk forward. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. For me, it's all, also like, if it's not like a jerk or a, or a pull, it's almost like a lightness feeling. Like my yeah. whole body just like lifts and it's just like this feeling like from deep within, like from the root chakra of just like enjoyment, like just joy, like pure bliss, like, huh. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I really want to get to know this person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how, for people who are evolving their spiritual side and their senses, um, what advice can you give them to master their gift of like psychic abilities or reading or receiving messages from the other side and spirits? There's two things that come to mind. First of all, the first is obviously like starting with a meditation practice and having, um, having time where you're switching off from all of like the external stimuli. So, you know, having like half an hour a day or an hour a day, how much you can commit to, to just have space with yourself and to sit with your thoughts. But 
one of the biggest blocks that we can experience going back to the past life thing is that a lot of us have experienced past life like traumas of you know being burned as a witch or like whatever went down where we were told that we were not allowed to practice our gifts right so you you can on like a conscious level be like yeah like i want to do this and your soul body and everything else is just like no <laughs> so um yeah finding someone that can support you with that or or looking into that and actually like looking at other people who have expanded from that experience would be like the thing that i would put alongside the meditative practice all right interesting mm-hmm. i was about i was like getting close to wrapping this up but then mm-hmm. you just uh said something which i think is very fascinating and the listeners could find really interesting as well when you said like the witches that were burned at the stake can you tell us a little bit about that and your experience or visions or messages mm. that you've had from that time error and what that was like. And for people who, you know, don't know anything about this stuff. Um, yeah. Can you, how can yeah. you this one? try and put it into human terms? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like easy understanding, <laughs> dumb it yeah. down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spirituality for dummies, but not for dummies. <laughs> exactly. Um, or newbies. Yeah. I guess when we think about like the last 600, 700 years, a lot of it has been like disempowerment and oppression of um, the collective having the gifts and wanting like the 1% to know all of the like, you know, abundant manifestation kind of power. Exactly. Um, So it's not, it's not always necessarily like, you know, the traditional like being burned as a witch, but it might be more, um you know being a woman and being in like a really like repressive religious community or something where being in touch with your intuition was just immediately shut down yeah um and so that's why like 99.9 percent of people that come to me that are experiencing blocks in their intuition they will have some kind of connection to feeling like it's unsafe so when you mentioned the root chakra before it's usually like straight up root chakra stuff going on in terms of like actually i need to keep myself safe yes um yeah so that's our instinct right first and foremost is safety yeah 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 and so it's kind of it's communicating to because what I mean what goes on with these particular past lives is your if you don't start working on the healing practices of this stuff your your soul body just holds on to your most recent traumatic experience like its job is to keep you safe (laughs) um your most recent traumatic experience in this lifetime or the last past life um either the most recent or the most traumatic like overall okay yeah Mm, yeah so when you think about lifetimes where like you know like a few things have gone down and then you go like wham back to one where you were literally like drowned or burned or hung or whatever yeah that's why naturally we'll have the kind of like tendency to draw back into that one okay wow that's Mm -hmm. fascinating Mm. fascinating. and you do readings yourself for past lives yes i do yeah and for anyone who would like a reading from you how can they get in touch with you uh, the best way to get in touch is through my website, which is hannahjoyspirit.com, or you can find me on Facebook, just Hannah Joy Spirit Conduit. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. I hope you'll get some people reaching out to you after hearing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Great. Thank you so much. I think that's all for today. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming online. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Bye.